Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Thanks, Vanessa. Phil on the text line says, I've got a 14-year-old son, zero interest in test cricket. Test cricket will be dead within 10 years. Don't know about that, Phil. Not sure I, I can understand why the 14-year-old son hasn't a great deal of interest in test cricket. It just goes too long, even though it goes a lot shorter than it used to. But in terms of when it's going to be dead, I think it's got a heck of a long way to go. It's already been going for a long, long time. Matty, look at what Baz McCullum is doing with the England test team. Yep, Baz Ball, exciting test cricket off the back of the T20 format. He is revolutionising test cricket and the way it's played. Max from the gong. Thank you for that. No question about that. Try that in India. What happens? Try, that's that's going to be one of the keys. I mean, try all of a sudden, because we did ask at the very top, is it time to cool our jets is, or is it time to revolutionise cricket in Australia? Is it time to go the baseball approach? There's an argument to say they tried to go the baseball approach the other day. Tried to keep the scoring going over when they should have just slowed everything down. And trying to keep things going by playing across the wicket on a low spinning wicket that India had and Jadeja going nuts with it ain't the right approach. Whether it's Baz ball, whether it's McDonald ball, whatever you want to call it, it was the wrong ball and the wrong shot. All right, Tommy, time for you to buy in on this Tuesday morning. He's got his two cents on the table. Morning, Matty. Good listeners. morning. Uh, it's not very revolutionary if we're just copying another team, is it? What, in terms of? In terms of just following someone else's plan and... Tactics. It's not very. It's not very revolutionary, <laughs> is it? Yeah, that's true. Well, they don't follow because it wasn't a team order. Oh yeah, the sweep exactly. shot wasn't a team order, so that'd be that'd be revolutionary. Still trying to work out where it came from. That's. I think that's going to be the biggest answer. I mean, the, the biggest answer that you could get, I think, out of what happened over there in Delhi, and we heard from Andrew McDonald earlier saying it. To say that that was a team approach would be completely wrong. Well, why did they all do it? That's what I don't get. It had, a directive, surely. Like, why, why does Matthew Kuhneman play that stroke if, if someone hasn't told him to do it? I get, Alex Carey's played it his whole test career. Yeah. And he said, I, I think he said it before and after he made that Boxing Day century. He goes, well, it's worked for me in the past, so I'm going to keep going with it. And obviously you understand that. You don't want to take them out of their groove. If it's worked for them before, in their mind, it's going to work for them again. Although, then you can make the argument, well, you should change your tactics and you should change how you approach the game given the conditions, given where you're playing, given who you're playing and given the bowler that's coming at you, mm. I would think. I mean, I'm not a test cricketer, but that's just my my thoughts. Well, somebody told them to sweep. Somebody told them to sweep. Sweep the leg. Sweep the leg. <laughs> uh, Bondi Jack. Matty, you are a fool in capital letters. Storm will be there. Just look at the spine. Kafusi and Jay Brom were finished anyway. Cheers, uh, says Bondi Jack. So I asked it, I don't know if you heard, but I asked our listeners to please come up with a compelling answer as mm-hmm. to why the Melbourne Storm will be in the top eight and why I'm a fool to even consider them not being there. Well, why they will be there is on paper, and when they're all fit, they have the best spine in the NRL. Ryan Pappenhausen, Cameron Munster, Jerome Hughes, Harry Grant. Now that Appy Coruscant's gone, gone from Penrith, hands down, Melbourne Storm have the best spine in the NRL when they are all fit and firing on the park. Second reason, they have... 
I, I'd still make the argument they had the best coach in the NRL, Craig Bellamy. He's been there, done that for 20-plus years. Um, so I'll, I'll put my chips and I'll back Bellamy. Third reason is Bellamy, Frank Panisi, a host of other people behind the scenes have created a system where, as, as you and Jaleesa mentioned before, no matter who comes in and who steps into that Storm jersey, they will play their role. Now, I think that went downhill a little bit last year. They had a little mid-season slot where they lost four games in a row after, I think it was after Origin, and everyone was questioning, all right, is the kind of the storm party, is, is the air going out of the balloon, such and such. So I think there is definitely cause for concern, and there is reason for concern, especially if that report from Cody Kay does come to fruition and Ryan, Happen, Ryan Pappenhausen won't be back to, what, rounds 13 to 15? Then well, they're, that's, they're then that's saying round six. Yeah, they're saying round six. Nobody seems to be bothered whatsoever. Nobody who, who's interacted with us this morning seems to be bothered whatsoever that Ryan Pappenhausen might not be there. It hasn't entered anybody's conversation. It's like, oh, well, that's just par for the course at Melbourne. Just take out Ryan Pappenhausen. We'll still make the eight. Is that not a concern? No, it is definitely a concern because you've got guys like uh, there's a young player, Sewer, who's been playing yep. uh, fullback for them. He's very exciting. You've got Nick Meany there who was solid there last year. They also tried with Tyron Wishart um, at fullback there last year, but he's not a long-term option. So um, I think they're just – I think fans are just kind of used to it. They're used to the storm success, so they can't – unless like a guy like Cameron Munster or Jerome Hughes is then ruled out – then they can start to have serious concerns. But it's because the Melbourne Storm have been up for so long and because they've lost, you could make the argument, three future immortals, yet they are still very successful. So that's the reason why you give them the benefit of the doubt. I'm I'm on, I'm nearly on the boat with you about the Melbourne Storm. I am a little bit concerned. I was concerned before the Ryan Pappenhausen injury because um, even though Jesse Bromwich, Felice Cafusi and Kenny Bromwich were going down here the last few years, they're still very experienced forwards. Yeah. So you have to take that into account. Um, but, I mean, I had concerns about Pappenhausen last month when he said he hasn't, run, he hasn't run yet, and he still hasn't run. So if he hasn't run yet and it's February 21st, do I expect him to be back in six weeks? No, I don't. Or so, seven, it's seven weeks. So are you... I am. Where, where are you? I'm. I'm. I probably are you believe on the on the fence. No, but I probably believe that report saying he. I would be surprised if he's back by at least round ten. Yeah. If he has, if he's not running by Feb twenty first, you and they're not going to risk him. They would. They would have to wait for him to be back at one hundred percent full fitness before they risk him. Because as you said, his patella was shattered into ten pieces. That's a horrific injury. It takes a lot of time to come back from. So they will not rush Pappenhausen back whatsoever. Um, but just on the top eight. So there are some key statistics when looking at who comes in, who comes out. So a lot of the times the last few years, the teams that have made the top four mm-hmm. didn't make the top eight the previous season. So we had that last year with the Cowboys and the Sharks. Yep. They both didn't make the top eight in 2021, yet they make the top four in 2022. And you go back to in 2021, there was one team that made the top four from outside the top eight the year before. 2020, zero teams. 2019, 18, one team, 2017, two teams, one team, zero team. So it goes back at least once in the past 10 to 11 years, a team from outside the top eight the year prior leaps into the top four for the following season. So my question to you is, and my question to the listeners is, who takes that leap this year? Who has that Cowboys and Sharks 2023? Ooh, that run. That run. That Sharks 2023 had a, season Sharks out had of, a good draw. Let's, they did have a good draw, and they have got another good draw this year too. Yeah. Um, but history has shown that it can happen and it will happen. So who is the team that didn't make the finals in 2022 that can 
take the leap and make the top four in 2023. Right. So you're you're taking it to another level. I'm taking it to another Mate, level. All because, I've, all because I've asked his, is, is Melbourne going to be there? Because history has shown that that can happen and that will happen. There's only been two times since 2010 yep. where it hasn't, hasn't happened. happened. It hasn't happened in a year. So forecast that it's going to happen. Mm. So some teams that could potentially do it, the Bulldogs, the West Tigers. Let me give you the bottom eight. Let me give you the bottom eight from last year. Yep. Right? And then tell me who do you think is going to stay in the bottom eight. Okay. Easy. Yep. So the bottom eight last year was the Broncos, Dragons, Manly, Bulldogs, Titans, Knights, Warriors, and Tigers. And let's not forget we've got the Dolphins this year. But out of those eight, who do you think doesn't make the move? So guaranteed to, to stay in the bottom eight, yeah. I think the Warriors, I think the Newcastle Knights, I think the St. George Allura Dragons. I think you add on the Dolphins. They're the yep. new addition to the team. And then I think you can also lock in, did I say the Newcastle Knights? Yep. I said the Newcastle Knights. Uh, the Gold Coast Titans, I'll say that as well. Okay. The rest are still up for contention. If I'm looking at a team that didn't make the finals in 2022, who can vault back into the top four this season, one of the one team stands out, and you'll like it when I say this. It's the Manly Seagulls. Now, I also said last week on this program that I could see them finishing bottom four, because it's such because it is such a, but because it it's such a difference. You got That's that right. one player. You got Tom Dravojevic. If he's fit, they can make the t- top four. If he's not there and he's in and out, they can make bottom four. Mm. So I'm very very wary of them. The West Tigers, could that happen? That's crazy. I don't, they've been the punching bag for a lot of jokes the past ten years. So I don't know if they could make that leap. But another team, Matty John said it yesterday, the Brisbane Broncos. If I'm having my money on one team that didn't make finals in 2022 to make the top four in 2023, so Brisbane Broncos. Let us know your thoughts on that. 0457 736 736. Smithy from Melbourne says, do you have Manly in your top eight? Because if you do, the Storm will finish on top of them. So Smithy's saying, if I've got Manly in there, Mm-hmm. then Melbourne are going to finish over the top of them anyway, so I can't get rid of Melbourne. As of right now, I don't have Manly in my top eight. Mm. As of right now. Okay. When are we going to do our top eight? We'll do, do it, it next, next week? We'll do it next week. Next week. All right. Let us know your thoughts on that back after this.